scripture today from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you've been following along in this Salvation History sermon series, or you're reading along in your Bible and you, and you come to the end of the Jesus story, it seems a little anticlimactic. I mean, Jesus is supposed to be the Messiah, the King, the one from David who will rule forever. And yet, he gets the end, he dies on the cross, he rises from the dead, and then after spending time with his disciples over the, the, the next few weeks, he just ascends to heaven. What about his kingdom? What about all these things that he was going to do? Well, none of the other gospel writers pick up this story, but Luke does. And Luke writes a sequel to his gospel of Luke, and it's called Acts, or the Acts of the Apostles. And he uses the ascension as sort of the hinge. It's at the end of Luke, and then at the beginning of Acts, to try to continue what he says continue the stories of what Jesus started. So whatever Jesus started continues in this early church. So the first thing the disciples do after Jesus ascends is uh, to, to get together and decide who's going to take Judas Iscariot's place. And they pick a few candidates uh, and then cast lots and they get Matthias. Now what's interesting about that is that means there are a number of other people who have been traveling with Jesus, who have been studying with Jesus, who weren't in the 12 disciples, but when they came to it, they could actually pick them to join the 12. But still, when Jesus ascends, he's got a relatively small group of followers, maybe only a couple hundred people really following him. And uh, even they uh, are still doubting, according to Luke, and uh, they're still... Um, wanting him to, to inaugurate his kingdom, to get it started. But he tells them, he says, Go to Jerusalem and wait, and you will receive power in the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that geography of starting in Jerusalem and then Judea, Samaria, which is to the north and to the ends of the earth, becomes sort of the, the geographic uh, outline for the rest of the book of Acts. So the disciples listen. They go to Jerusalem. They're waiting in another upper room. And uh, in fear, really, still cowering. But, but they're receiving this power then in the Holy Spirit. And uh, Luke is trying to describe this as he must have heard it from Peter and some of the other disciples. And something like a rushing wind comes flying through. And then he says that tongues like fire are above everyone's heads. Well, that sounds weird. Tongues of fire. Well, yeah, it is weird. 
uh, it's almost like Luke is giving the only words he can use to describe what's happening. And then Peter gets up and gives this sermon out of the book of Joel, talking about what's happening, about the Spirit of God being present, and how what Jesus did was the answer to this Old Testament story of Israel's story. What's amazing is even though he is just a, a fisherman from Galilee, all these people start hearing his words in their own language. So even though he's speaking one language, they hear it in all kinds of other languages. And people start believing in Jesus and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and, and thousands are baptized that day. This is, Pentecost is the church's birthday. And the church begins. And Luke continues to follow that story as, uh, as the gospel spreads, as more and more people start to follow Jesus. And, and initially, the people who follow Jesus are, are almost all Jewish. They've come in for the, the festival of Pentecost. They hear the words. They, and, and they don't think that they're starting a new religion. We've we got to get that in our head. The early church doesn't think they're starting Christianity. They call themselves followers of the way or, or, or followers of Jesus. They see themselves as a Jewish, a Jewish sect or a, a Jewish group like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jesus followers. That Jesus was the answer to all of their hopes and everything that they were hoping for and looking forward to as Jews. Now the problem is not all of the Jews believe that Jesus is the answer to these things. And a lot of those same people that wanted to see Jesus crucified starts going after that early church. Very early on, Peter and uh, John are arrested and have to give an account for what they believe. And then the other thing that happens is these early Christians, as they're meeting and they're gathering together, they're, they're telling the Jesus stories and uh, his teachings, they're, they're breaking bread. They also start to care for love for neighbor the way Jesus taught them. There's in Jerusalem a lot of widows. There's a lot of orphans. And part of those groups come actually because people are divorcing their spouse when they start to follow Jesus. They're disowning their children when they start to follow Jesus. And so there's this, this problem. There's this need to take care of the people. And the disciples are so caught up in trying to, to formulate what they believe about Jesus and to teach that they end up starting what are called the deacons. They start a group of people to take care of those in need in the community. And they elect several people. And, and the leader of the deacons is Stephen. And Stephen uh, takes up the role of really taking care of the people in need so that the disciples can uh, pay attention to the overall growth of the church. But the persecution continues. In fact, it grows. And uh, there's one particular person that really goes after these followers of Jesus. He's a Pharisee, and his Jewish name is Saul. You'll know him as Paul. And Paul is stirring up people to attack the Christians, and in fact, stirs up a crowd to stone the first Christian martyr, Stephen, the deacon. So he gets everybody excited about the stoning, and then he holds everybody's coats. He watches out for everybody's belonging while they stone Stephen to death. Well, Paul's attack of the Christians, of these followers of the way, end up becoming, uh, he ends up not staying with that path. But while he's on his way to attack Christians, uh, God stops him. Jesus appears to him on the road and says, no more, you're mine. 
Paul is blinded until other followers of the way can restore his sight. And he ends up becoming a missionary, defending the faith. What Paul would do is he would go into a city, he would go to the synagogue, and he would first talk to the Jewish people. And he would talk about how Jesus is the answer to all of their scriptures and all of their hopes and wants. And then when eventually he was kicked out and rejected in those places, he would go to whoever else in the community would listen. And he traveled around the Roman Empire spreading the gospel. And more and more people who were not Jewish started to follow this faith. This becomes a problem, right? Because all the early Christians were Jews, and now more and more Christians, more and more people are becoming followers of Jesus who are not Jewish. And so the early church has some serious thinking to do. What of the markers of being Jewish? Okay, there, there were several really important ones. One was circumcision, where all the male children were marked with the covenant. And you, you used to cut a covenant. That's the language of covenant. And you actually cut the covenant into your skin. The other big difference was eating, that the Jews ate kosher. There were certain things they didn't eat, certain things they wouldn't eat, certain things they, they would eat. And that distinguished them from the rest of the Roman Empire. And then there were other ethical concerns, um, sexual ethics, and uh, things that you would and wouldn't do with your body, and how you would treat others, and how you would treat your neighbor. And so the question becomes, for these early Christians, for these early followers of the way, these people who are converting to follow Jesus, do they also have to do all these things that the Jews have to do? Do they have to follow all these commands out of the Old Testament? Well, Peter ends up having a dream about this. And in his dream, he, he goes up to his noontime prayer, to do noontime prayer. And in his vision, a sheet comes down with all these unclean animals. And God says, eat, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Those are unclean. But, but God says, don't, what I call clean, you don't get to call common or unclean. And so they decide that, that kosher is not necessary for these Gentile believers. And that circumcision is not necessary for these believers. Um, but then the question becomes all these other ethical concerns. They end up in about A.D. 50 uh, having what's called the Jerusalem Council, which is where early leaders of the church got together to decide these things. Peter and some of the other disciples and, and one other really important leader, that's James, the brother of Jesus. This would have been one of Mary and Joseph's other brothers, uh, one of his, their other sons. And we don't hear about him in the Gospels, but apparently after Jesus' death and resurrection, he becomes a believer and becomes a leader in the church. And they decide, no, these Gentile believers, they don't have to do circumcision. They don't have to eat kosher. But they do have to live exemplary lives the way people are meant to so that they don't look totally like uh, their uh, Gentile neighbors. And they're supposed to love others. So Paul continues to, to spread his gospel and to, to talk about Jesus in all these different places. He ends up being arrested and taken to Rome. And there in Rome, he is beheaded for his faith, as tradition tells us. He may have actually shared a cell or a prison with Peter, who is also arrested and goes to Rome and is crucified, tradition tells us, upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. So Peter, who had all these questions, who denied Jesus, 
ends up really being faithful to Jesus in the end. We know other disciples um, traveled and spread the Gospels too. The Gospel too. We think that Thomas went as far as India, where he was martyred by being speared to death. We think that Philip and Matthew were both killed in somewhere in North Africa. So the Gospel spreads. All along, some of these, uh, some of these people are writing letters. Paul is writing his letters, Peter, John, James. These letters start to get collected. And also, as the Jesus stories and the Jesus teachings get passed along, they start to get collected and we, we get the Gospels. And you can see in the early church the development of Scriptures. Over time, and, and in very complicated sort of tradition, um, Christianity becomes its own religion. And, and Christianity and Judaism split as more and more of the leadership becomes uh, non-Jewish, becomes Gentile, but also as Judaism changes. In, uh, in the 60s, uh, the, uh, the Jews have trouble with the Romans and there's a war that begins. And in 70 AD, the, uh, the city of Jerusalem is basically burned to the ground and the temple is totally destroyed. The Jewish temple is is actually taken stone by stone off of the Temple Mount and thrown down, uh, never to be found again. So Judaism, in fact, changes. It becomes less about the Temple and more about the family. You get the, the growth of what becomes Rabbinic Judaism. Uh, and and as, these two, as these things sort of develop, Judaism becomes separate from Christianity, and Christianity really becomes its own religion, and in some ways loses some of its Jewish roots, which I think leads to anti-Semitism that pops up in Christian history from time to time. But what's amazing about this, if you track this story, if you track this growth in the rest of the New Testament, what you find is that the words of Jesus were absolutely true, that these disciples were his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, going all the way to Rome, all the way to India, as far as they could have imagined the world to be. And we are still a part of that spreading, you understand? It's still going. Eventually it goes to Europe. Okay, eventually it goes across the ocean to the new world, and yes, even to new castle. That the gospel is still spreading. And that it is the same Jesus that's with us that are told about in these stories. It's the same spirit in our church and in our midst. It's the same power. It's the same mission. It's the same bread and the same wine. It's the same care of the poor. It's the same power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same exemplary living that we're supposed to be in. It's the same story. This large story going to the ends of the earth, and we are part of that. And we are to be the witnesses of Jesus now. So this big story of the Bible, it's not just a big story of the Bible. It's not just a big story of Israel. It's your story. It's my story. It's our story. May we live out of that power. May we be witnesses. And may we be faithful to that story. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the spreading of your gospel, for the faith of those who have died, who are martyred, 
who worked so tirelessly to spread your gospel. Thank you that, that it came to us and that now we are given the work. We are given the power for that work. May we be faithful. Encourage us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. So wherever you go, remember that this is your story. That that same Holy Spirit that gave power to these uneducated fishermen to do mighty things is at work in your life. Be in peace.